How dare you? Three, two, one. Bailey and Harper, it's been seven days, two in a row. We told you we're on a schedule, and damn it, we keep our promises. I'm not sure if that's historically true, but we're sure going to try. What's up, Roman Harper? How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. Eating my kids' chicken nuggets right now. Oh, God. Because yeah. I got to try and, you know, get it in when I can. You'll pre- you'll and how dare it. you ask who my number 83 is? Okay. Right, hold on before we jump ahead, because you, you, you're eating your kids' chicken nuggets. I got to shout out uh, Barstool Big Cat who hit me with what might be the greatest analogy of all time, and you as a father of four will definitely appreciate this. Uh, he, he described feeding his small children under five, feeding them chicken nuggets and mac and cheese as running the damn ball. And I could not agree with that approach more. It's just you, know, you give them what they want. It's simple. It's the foundation. They're going to eat it. It gets the job done. Chicken nuggets and mac and cheese is the equivalent of just running the damn ball. That's what it is. I get it. And every team needs to do it. Yes. Every, you know what I mean? Yep. Every team needs to do it. Sometimes you think you're doing it too much, right? You know, my wife will say, Mike, are they eating too much mac and cheese and chicken nuggets? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, she's doing her best to mix in vegetables, trying to get them to eat healthy stuff. And they're like, no, I want the chicken nuggets and the mac and cheese. Yeah. And it's like, listen, they're getting fed. Or like my, my man, Soul, Soul Brother, my, my own, my baby boy, he just wants protein shake all the time. Oh, that's dope. If he could just have a protein shake five times a day. He'd be totally fine with that. They are delicious. They are good. And, and the nutritious. Crazy thing, it, I mean, he's getting 30 grams of protein every shake, bro. Dude's putting it down. He's going to be jacked, man. Dude's putting it down. <laughs> like, and You're I'm just, like, oh, I, like, give him a protein shake because that's the first thing he wants in the morning. And then I'm like, all right, well, what do you want for breakfast? Heather's like, I mean, he just had 30 grams of protein, Roman. Just relax. He's going to be all right. I, I think he's all right. He's been farting for 20 minutes. He's good. Got the protein farts. He's good. <laughs> Putting them down, bro. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right. So yell at me about your 83. Who is, your, who is the greatest to ever wear 83? What you got? All right. I think this is pretty easy. Honestly, when I started to look at all the numbers, the list, the people, I'm going to go with the guy who I actually have a funny story about, and that is wide receiver Buffalo Bills, Andre Reed, number 83. Ooh. He's from uh, – Went to college at Cutstown, which is like kind of known for just being tough or whatever, and not putting it's a lot of guys. For God's sake, yeah, it's exactly. got cuts in the name. You know what I mean? It it, it kind of says enough of its own. Oh, um, you're tough. He's a wide receiver. He cuts. That's what played he does. 16 or 15, 16 seasons. He's currently 15th all time in touchdown receptions with 87th. Um, nine. He's ninth in all time uh, NFL postseason receptions with 85. And dude, two time All Pro. Seven-time Pro Bowler, played for the Buffalo. Excuse me, wow. played for the Buffalo Bills all those years. Went to what three or four Super Bowls in the whole Bills little run where they couldn't win it. Um, and the funniest thing about it is that I, we've met a couple times, and I've seen him. He uh, used to drink and do and do stuff, and now he no longer drinks or any of that other stuff. Really, and uh, I've seen the actual change in him. Uh, and just getting to know him over the last five years, I would say, um, five to six years. The first time I met him, he was like, we played against each other, da-da-da-da-da, and talking like I was supposed to remember it. And I'm like, dude, I'm like way younger than you. He's 59. <laughs> like, I'm like, dude, I'm way younger than you. <laughs> and he was like, no, no, like, no, nah, 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 like loud. And I'm like, bro, like. We're not even close. We're not even close. <laughs> like, it's not. And he was like. Really thinking it. That's phenomenal. And then I've met him and talked to him uh, within a couple times last year um, before this 2023 year and um, seen him at a couple of different NFL events. And, dude, he walks right up, gives me a hug, knows me extremely well, and has actually gone out of his way to apologize for, like, comparing and saying that I, that I was playing against him. He's like, dude, I was drinking. I was just not in a good place mentally as a life. And, like, he's like, I'm just so much better than that now. It just – his air and his mind is so much clearer. And uh, I, I, he, speaking to him and having some of these conversations, actually giving me a more clearer path on how I want to try and continue to handle myself, how I want to continue to try and advance in this whole NFL game. And, uh, and just blessed and fortunate to get to meet greats. And, uh, and they actually know me. So uh, it's really cool, even the ones that assume that I'm way older than I am. But Andre Reid, great dude. Um, really seen him change and really for the better. And uh, you can't say enough good things about his NFL career as well. Love it. Uh, I got simple, all-pro wide receiver, member of the New England Patriots dynasty squad, Wes Deion Welker. Deion Branch. Well, Wes Welker, man. Oh, I mean, Deion Branch was good. Yeah. Deion Branch was real good. Uh, but Wes Welker, man. Wes Welker was uh, 
One of the toughest dudes to ever play. He was. Um, funny story with Wes. Um, I played against him in the Pro Bowl. He was in the slot. I was playing man-to-man in the slot. And I just, like, he was looking like he was running so hard. And he wasn't going that, like, he wasn't going that, <laughs> that hard. Like, but, like, his violence in his run was, like, I'm like, dude, I need to be, like, afraid of this guy. But he never, like, ran by me, though, so it was all good. But it was, I mean, that was the one thing that stood out to me about Wes Walker. It was, like, he's not that big, and he looks like he's running really hard, and he's not going that fast. You, I mean, just you is hit, that a backhand compliment? You just hit Andre Reed with an old joke, and then you go to Wes Welker, but is basically running in place. Is what you told me a second ago. Bro, he he wasn't running by me. I was just sitting on everything. It was a Pro Bowl. You, so. you were that much faster than Wes Welker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was his? Oh nine. Uh, probably ten. Ten. Yeah. Uh, oh nine. I I didn't get to play in it because I went to the Super Bowl. Ten. So ten. And then he played for like five more years after that. How'd he do it if he was that slow? Dude, the system getting open is not the same as is like, it? Yeah, yeah Pro Bowl is completely different. Okay, was it the system or was it Brady? Because it lo- it's looking like it was Brady. Mm. <laughs> it's looking like it was Brady. I'm you just said saying. it. I'm just saying. I mean, it's been amazing to see uh, how much New England has struggled post Brady era. Like it really hasn't. Mac Jones, those guys had one good year. They went to the playoffs his rookie year. Right. And since then, it's really been a struggle bus to try and figure out. You know, people are questioning Mac Jones, even the guy. And I'm like, well, he's the guy, but they got to get a lot of things around him better. The wide receiver situation needs to be better. Um, a lot of folks have harped on this already, but they were allowing a defensive coach to call offensive plays. Yeah. So there was that. That, that was like a complete waste. They did it on purpose, too, um, which didn't make a whole lot of sense to anybody. But yeah, they did it. I mean, but like if I as a pro, like if I'm Mac Jones – I mean, New England wasted a whole year of my career. Oh, yeah. No, I said the same thing last and like, year. In a time where it's like so important that I get great coaching, I get poured into – it's so important to get poured into from the right people at a young age in, in professional football, and you just really missed out on that opportunity. And you, you waste a whole year when you don't really learn or really progress the way that you should in your younger years in the NFL. It's like you should have leaps and bounds of growth early in your career. Yeah. And then as you get older, you start to in- incrementally get a little bit better in certain areas. And that's how you become a pro. But early on, dude, you should be leaps and bounds early, just like, man, boom, almost like growth spurts early. Yeah. You know, um, the age from six to eight, it's like, dude, kid grows. Buying six pairs of shoes yeah, every six yeah, months. You know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like yeah. Those type of deals. And I feel like New England missed out on opportunity to have that happen for Mac. Uh, you see the growth in Tua. Oh, well, helps having help too, right? I mean, you got the cheetah, so that's good. Uh, yeah, and Jane Waddle, But the offense is, is catered to what Tua does well. Like, well, sure, sure. And you just listed two. Quick out. throws, throwing the ball deep sometimes. Like, Tua has this uncanny ability to be able to throw a post, and nobody thinks it's open, and all of a sudden it just opens up. Oh, yeah, you're right. Like, like, those are the things I'm talking about. These are, like, strengths that he has that – when I talk to my man Vilma and I talk to other people and listen to other people that are watching the NFL all the time, they're like, dude, I don't know how he does it. It doesn't even look like he's looking like where he's going. It doesn't look like it's going to be a good, smart decision. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, damn. I, it's right where it's supposed to be. Right where it's supposed to be. 45 yards down the field. Right. He threw it at 20. Don't know why, but works it, for him. Works, it works for him. <laughs> it works for him. It works for him. All right. Well, um, yeah. And Tua right now. Early, the most early betting favorite to win NFL MVP. I, I love that. I love that. And I just uh, found that out yesterday. I'm Was watching. Blown him. away by that information. I, I'm watching him right now and hoping that his story is similar, or that, that Bryce Young's story is similar to his Sands concussions. Right. That you know, he gets better, gets stronger, gets better help around him, which would be nice. Um, Gotta have. He it. needs more help around him. And Miami, you give Miami credit. They went and got. They drafted Jalen Waddle. They went and got. Oh, yeah. The cheetah. Like, now, paid him when Kansas City was like, no, we're not paying you. I mean, Carolina's going to have to spend its entire cap on wide receivers this offseason, but that's neither here nor there right now. Um, Y'all not loving DJ Chalk? Well, I mean, is, there's some things to say. But, you know, I, so 10 hours ago I was walking through My only town. problem with that whole deal was the expectations that were put on these wide receiver core. Understanding mm. and knowing – hold on. What knowing do you mean, expectations from who, though? 
Just like the media or like some of the fans here, they thought like, man, Chalk's going to be that guy. I got to push was, back on that, though. I had a lot of listeners tell me they recognize this wide receiver room is not that good. The national media was saying before. Yeah, they like, did. The, I mean, national the national media. media and and yes. so at the very least, even if you didn't believe it, there was pushback out there. But I got to give a lot of credit to the fans here because I, I've heard from a lot of them who said early in the season, I don't know, like they're going to have to scheme these guys open because there's not a dominant wide receiver in this, in this and, group. And that's true. And my only thing was that um, the best players never leave. Like, they just don't get to walk out. Like, they right. usually sign them. You, they, the best players never hit free agency. They stay right there. They, they stay right there. Yep. It doesn't – they just uh, – yeah, we just work it out. It's just what it is. You know, Chris Jones in Kansas City right now. Not, he's not leaving. It don't matter. Something's going to happen. Yep. Um, uh, Brian Burns, probably not going to let him out the door. Just what it's going to be, you know? I, I mean, probably not. Yeah. Now, now, if they keep losing – then you can afford to let him go. That's uh, yeah. That's a whole conversation. You know piece what I'm saying? Too. That's a whole conversation. Because if we're too. losing, like, what's Panem going to do? Um, I, I'm just <laughs> so it's weird. You were there last night, Monday Night Football. Yes, I was. Um, I was there too. Ten hours ago, I was walking through Uptown Charlotte. Let me tell you why. First of all, um, wearing you know these here boots. Uh, was in the middle of the city last night. Found out that the city has forced Lime and Bird scooters to turn off their scooters at 10 p.m. Uh, I was banking on one of those bad, but I don't know. I'm guessing it's a safety issue, but uh, I'm not a, a – I didn't know people were getting killed. I don't know. But I, when I, the, went go, I went to go – On the Lime scooters I in Charlotte. I went to go rent a Lime scooter last night to go down Moorhead to get back to my car, and it was like, uh, you know, the city of Charlotte makes us go to sleep at 10 p.m., and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And, yeah, they turn them off at 10 p.m. So, I'm like, well, I guess I'm walking, you know, in jeans. So, I'm hoofing it through Charlotte last night when I called you, actually. I was yeah. sweating my ass off trying to get back to the car. Yeah, I was um, trying to sleep. But I'm, like, thinking about that game. I sat in the press box for that one. You left before the fourth quarter, right? Yeah. So, right I sat the in the, I haven't even seen the TV broadcast yet. But I had the exact same view as the broad, as the announcers last night. Um, I watched the, the, the final drive where Bryce took him down on the, you know, the two-minute situation and was able to cut it, the score down, to look at, make it a little bit more manageable. Um and some of the things that Dan Orlowski and uh, Lewis Riddick were talking about was the lack of explosive attempts oh, yeah. downfield by uh, the offense of Carolina. Not only that, but then on the other hand, they were speaking of the lack of separation from wide receivers to DBs uh, from Carolina's side of the ball uh, was, I guess, quite glaring is what they talked about. Yeah. I don't know if that was the word exactly that they used, but those are the two things that they – um, that by the end of the game, they were really – they were talking about it. And they also talked about that they like Bryce Young's game. Like, n nobody's banging on Bryce. He's made some mistakes. He's not been good. But, they, like, they see the the beginnings of, like, a good quarterback by the, his fundamentals and the characteristics that he shows to play the position. Uh, he still is young, and uh, he had the – you know, he fumbled the ball. The, DV, the defensive end came back behind him. It was funny because even Cam Jordan. You were right there. It was in front of you, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even Cam, it was, I was literally standing right there. Uh, I had to grab my son a couple times because he's just like sitting on the sidelines, <laughs> just like watching the Jumbotron. I'm like, dude, you're about to get ran over, dog. Like scooped him up once or twice one time. And because um, he's just not paying attention. He's like, it's so funny being a kid that age. He's just bored. He's like, Dad, can we throw football? I'm like, dude. We're not throwing football on the sidelines because you're going to miss one and it's going on the field. Not going to be a good situation. Not happening. Um, but, you know, Bryce has to learn when to be able to get rid of it. I hate that he scrambled around so much. Even the time Cam Jordan grabbed his hand, I talked to Cam about it on the sidelines. I was like, bro, you almost had one. He said, yeah, dude, I was about to get him. I was good. And then somebody peeled back and peeled my cap off. He was like, bro, somebody destroyed me. He said, I think my sternum is bruised right now. <laughs> Cam Jordan said I, that. Yeah, yeah. I forget how violent the game is, like, because oh, I don't play it. And right. so I forget about those little things that's happening all the time. And shout out to Cam, who's still balling at, like, year 13, 14. So, that's crazy. Um, it's been really good. Um, that was a really great win for the Saints. You get you tip their hat to them. Defensively, they played really well. Uh, they kept Bryce confused. They did a really good job of stopping the run. Um, but Carolina's defense played well, too, and got after the Saints uh, up front. Uh, the Luvu. Had a really good game. Yeah, he did. Um, just flying around making plays. Unfortunately, Shaq Thompson went down. Looked like he fractured or broke a foot. Somewhere in his leg, something. I saw the air cast. So, that's usually the number one. The fact that, like, oh, he broke something. Yeah. So, um, hopefully it's a clean break. 
um, it's bad that that's where my mind goes. It's like, you know, it's yeah. broken. I can't do anything about it. I just hope it's clean. Yep. We really don't want to go through pins and some other things. And if not, you know, he sees the best. Uh, Dr. Anderson is probably the guy anywhere from the shin down. He's usually the guy that you go and see. So you'll be going up to Green Bay or Ashwaubenon County is where he's at now. So he's no How longer How many times you been up there? I've been up um, – I saw him when he was here before he moved his whole operation right. up there. But um, – Dr. Anderson's the guy, though. So he's the dude. He's the dude. Like shin down. You've been hearing about Dr. Anderson for a long time. Yeah, yeah I mean, here. shin down, bro. Is Dr. Anderson. You don't go to anywhere else. Like I was with the Saints, and I was having problems with my ankle, and I had bone spurs and some other nasty stuff in there. And we came here to play, and I saw him. I they he like came to my hotel, and so um, he sees everybody. So uh, he's that legit. And hopefully, uh, Shaq and those guys get it worked out. Uh, what's best for him? Well, see, I mean. Yeah, injuries suck for this team right now. Yeah, they're um, not deep. I mean, it, it, it will decimate a team quickly. Yeah, and, and you don't want to make that an excuse. But, like, in the same week they lost, after they'd already been trying to figure out how to plug right guard until Corbett's back in week five, then you lose your left guard. And now you're starting a rookie on the left side, uh, Cade Mays in year two, who's, I mean, at best he's a swing guy, right? But he's been up and down, and he was mostly down last night. It seemed like the thing like. about Kate Mays is he's a big dude. He's a big guy that played tackle in college, so he can play. He can. He's maybe serviceable at tackle. You probably don't want him out there, but he's a guard, right? And um, he's a big guard that has used to playing in space. But I mean, he didn't probably didn't have his best showing either last night. So, um, well, and you again, more went wrong than that, right? Well, I mean, it, not only that, but like I mean, J.C. Horn's injury. Well, right. It Literally, the, the Saints attacked JC's replacement the whole night. They went at CJ Henderson all night. The whole night. Yeah. Like, this is this, it's blatant yeah. when you start to see it five, and, six, seven. And he made eight some plays. Times. And he made a yeah, few plays. He made some plays. And that one Olave caught, it's just like, I mean, what he's are you a gonna, pro. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> I mean, that's a professional play. What do you, I mean, yeah, he gets paid to do that. No doubt. Occasion. You know what he should have did, though? He should have <laughs> fought him all the way to the ground. He pulled at him once and then tried to act like, oh, I didn't, I didn't foul him. Yeah. Instead of like, Pull at him and like, no, I'm trying to foul him. He's a little like, gun shy after that big third yeah, down yeah, PI yeah. early like, in the oh. game. Yeah. And then he pulled up instead of like going to finish through the ground with Olave. That, that's that's what the coaching point on that is. You got to finish through the ground because he has to be able to maintain possession of the ball through the ground of the contact. And um, that catch Michael Thomas had on landing on his butt, amazing catch. Oh yeah, like so. Like, they made plays, too. They sure did. And so, you got to um, give them credit, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They made plays, too. And, and I thought the Panthers' defense rallied. Like, I thought you know, they did. They, I thought they battled to hold the Saints to field goals on a couple times because the Saints were driving the ball. And that game could have not been close at all if yeah. you give up touchdowns and, right there. And the defense didn't get off to a great start last night. They couldn't no, they get didn't. off the field, 15-play drive. I yep. mean, the people were frustrated at first. But Saints they, were getting racking up first downs left and right. But Panthers they rallied. You yeah, know, they, they, did. They, they They fought in the red zone especially. So, like, it was I, – I was just disappointed, like, overall – it was an ugly football game. Like I jump, I finally get to my car last night. And I turn on national sports talk radio, and they're crushing the Panthers and the Saints. It's like it was the most horrible game of all. It was, yeah, and I was like, yeah, I was in the press box for it. It was ugly. Like it wasn't a whole lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, but people here today, what's I, fun to watch? Points. Yeah, competent offensive football. I mean, if it's a 2017 game and the teams look like they know what they're doing, and I'm just getting big defensive plays, then fine. But, like, there were a lot of mistakes made off. And, and again, you expect that with a rookie quarterback. No, no, but okay. we have to call I, I, it what it is. It's not – I asked for a reason. It's I not asked. pretty football, right? Okay, yes. I, I don't mind a 2017 game if, you know, you're if, leave the, if there's no procedural penalties, right, if guys aren't just making ugly mistakes and dropping footballs out. And if, if it's a hard-hitting, you know, defensive-oriented – cool, I'm fine with that. Yeah, that That's, was a bad procedure penalty on the fourth and one. It's so bad, man. And can I ask you a question? Because I had a, most people agreed with me, I think, last night, but I had a few people push back on this, and it is what it is, but I want to know what you think. I got no problem with Andy Dalton. And I even understand this trend of not wanting to hurt your quarterback on fourth and inches with a QB sneak, and I understand that Bryce doesn't play under center, or at least not very much, but bringing Andy Dalton in on the short-yarded situations last night, like, I mean, at least Kansas City does it with a tight end. Like, give me a little wildcat or something. Put it in Miles Sanders' hands. Run Chuba. Like, I mean, you're bringing Andy Dalton in. Bro, both the starting guards are out. Nobody thinks you're going to sneak this ball. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think it – Well, no. the first time he rolled out there, I'm like, well, I guess they're going to bring him in to quarterback sneak it? It was weird, right? Very weird. Thank you. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's a weird thing. We all know, okay, Bryce is not going to – Bryce is not going to push the pile. That's not what he's there to do. But Bryce could have run that pitch play. Plus, if you're a good play caller, call play. 
<laughs> you got a good play in your bag, don't you? Let your quarterback call a play. You're supposed to be an offensive-minded coach, Frank Reich. You're a play caller. Call a play. Get a, first, get a yard. Like, that can't be the only thing you've got in your bag to, to send Andy Dalton out there as a decoy or whatever. I mean, what are you doing? It was weird. And so I just thought it was strange. That, that's the strangest thing you saw? The str- no, not the strangest, no. But I just want to confirm with you that you thought it was a weird thing to do. Uh, I thought it was very much so different, but initially I'm like, okay, quarterback sneak. Then they got everybody to pinch down, and then it was a quick pitch. I mean, I actually liked it when because you got the reaction out of the I didn't hate the play at all. To slide down, then you hit with the pitch. I didn't hate the play. I, but I, I just – I don't hate the play either, Kyle. I, I think at, at some point you, you, you kind of overthink it at times. But, hey, it worked for them uh, the one time they got away with it, so I'm not going to knock it yet. That's my opinion on it. Um, That's the fun thing about podcasting and radios. We, <laughs> we get to dissect this stuff and act like we know better. Yeah, right? but, yeah, so I'll leave it at that. I, I, I thought – I thought overall, man, I thought Carolina has to do a better job to, to, to run the football and be able to um, on, and, and be able to get more play action looks off of the run. I, I didn't, one thing that I think Bryce Young does way better than I thought he did is actually throw on the run. When he gets outside the pocket, man, he has this weird ability to be able to run, throw back across his body, throw it out there accurately. Sometimes stop on a dime and throw back across his body. So he does a really good job with that. I, I think that has to continue to be a part of their offense um, that they continue to use and exercise. But they they got to be more explosive. They they can't continue to struggle as much as much as they have on the offensive side of the ball. Or it's it's going to put too much pressure on the defense. So the defense has to be perfect every game. Oh yeah, and that that's just really hard to do. I, it's going to take some time. <clears throat> Pardon me. It was not going to ever be pretty, but um, it's five years of losing. People, it just it's a new regime. They're starting from scratch. Well, not only the, that, Kyle, the vibe ain't the vibe is not right at the stadium. It's not good. It's the vibe good. ain't right. It's not good. No, I, I'm there. People are restless as, as hell. Man. They they're like they're trying to play music. They're trying to do this and dude, the vibe ain't right. There is no home field advantage here, okay? Mm-mm. I would I would challenge <laughs> challenge the fans to that as well. All right, when the opposite quarterback, opposing quarterback, is under center and he can just make his checks, that's not good. Because if you come to New Orleans, you, Bryce Young ain't gonna be able to just make his checks, and so you have to get the vibe right here too. I think they need to be able to step up more. And yes, they're tired of losing, Kyle. Yeah, and they're tired of you know things not going right, and it just sucks. But this that was prime time last night. People should have been there more. They should have been more fired up. I I, I thought it was going to be a better crowd um, than it was. Does it does it matter to you that where it was a doubleheader, an earlier than usual Monday night game, and you know traffic in the city's terrible. So I mean, it did fill in pretty nicely by about the time you know what midway through the first quarter last night. Okay. All right. I'll give you that a I'm little just bit. That. I'm trying to say in defense of the fans who, who are passionate and do care. Right. At first I was pretty, I was like, this can't be it. Where is everybody? <laughs> and then by the end of the first quarter, especially it was like, okay, we're about 85%, you know, full in here. It's pretty loud. Yeah. You know, people were up for the game. Like the people that were there came to make a difference, but now I'm with you. There were some people that were disappointed last night, but that's a product and it's the worst place. It's the worst place you can be as a fan base. There's a lot of apathy right now. And the only thing that's going to change apathy is winning football games. Yeah, it, it's funny. Um, so one of the, the PR guys for New Orleans even asked me about it. Was like, looking around, looking around, was like, the vibe here is just like, they're, they're trying to create it and it's just not here. No, there's nothing tangible there yet. You know it's been saying? so long since they've won consistently and there's been so much change and the heart and soul of that team that you were on is all gone. Everything and what we thought was going to be the formation of the new nucleus. I mean, is I thought they did gone. a good job of bringing Luke Kuechly out there to bang on the. Uh, it was great. Pounding, like right? I think they're trying. Right, Luke try- swung hard as shit too. Well, Luke's still jacked. I mean, he's clearly oh, still like, working. This dude out. was swinging hard. I'm like, like, bro, you like you gonna pay for a new drum? Yeah, but I mean, like, it's still gonna sound loud, Luke. Like, you don't have to hit it that hard. But, but that's the only way Luke knows, right? You're right. You played right. with him, right? Yeah, I yeah. But I mean, you gotta win, and and they're not winning, and they haven't had. There's been no real fun had, sustained fun in that stadium. Since at bet since what y'all did in 2015, 
I'll say 2017 because they made the playoffs and there were a good number of wins that year. Were they good, though? I mean, they lost in New Orleans in the wild card game. Cam played his ass off in New Orleans. I mean, he basically had a bunch of D2 wide receivers out there, no disrespect, relative to their peers. Um, you could have just said Brent Burst. You didn't have to say. I mean, I don't want to hate. He's, I've heard he's a really nice guy. I mean, he is. He's a good dude. All right. Well, then let's not make fun of Brenton Burson. I wasn't trying to make fun of Brenton Burson. Why oh, are you making fun of Brenton Burson? I think one of the funniest. First of all, I, I'm a big fan of Brenton Burson. Good homie of mine. <laughs> but one time we were talking about this one thing because his, his former high school was at Latin before he went to um, uh, where they have camp at. That's where he played at. The Terry. Waffers. Before he played ball at Wofford. Wofford legend. And, uh, he is, he is. Yeah. And uh, before we got into this, this, this conversation we were having, he was just like, Rome, I just want you to let you know, like, I'm highly conservative. Like, like politically? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Really? Yeah, I, I, I didn't know. Nor did I know that was a thing to, like, lead off the conversation with. I, I think conversations just need to be had. I want to throw that out there for everybody out there. Nobody cares. I think it's, um, I, I think it's critical <laughs> that we get past that in every conversation and angle of life. We just went from the Panthers in stadium vibe. <laughs> Dude, it, it just came to my mind. I had to say it. Okay. I had to. Uh, I right. need to get this so off. How do we veer back into the other lane? Uh, we can just go back. Okay. All but right. I just want everybody to know, like, when you come, that's like a wall. Of like, when oh, you just open up with these are my these yeah, are my political yeah. views and my worldviews about important things. Here's how yeah, I feel about religion, abortion, yeah. gun control, and all these things. Okay, all right, that's a hell of a way to open up a conversation. I'll admit. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. I'll admit. I'm with you. It's been you know it had a lot. Of, we were asking questions about school. This is what we were talking about, and he doesn't even have kids, but this was a conversation because he is an alumni of this school. So, um, I, I think we need to tear down all these walls and they open up and be really ready to receive whatever the conversation is happening, like what we do, Cal. Well, oh. yeah. Okay, I'm ready now. Okay. I mean, I don't think you and I are all that different politically or like worldview wise, though. No. We're not like a crossfire, you know, no, we, opposite we, perspectives type show. Yeah, we we probably disagree on some things, but overall. Well, no, I know we do, definitely, yeah, I mean, for sure. But, but overall, we're pretty much same worldview yeah, yeah, in a lot of ways. All right, see, there you go. What we do agree on is that the Bank of America vibes stinks. So. Um, they need to work on it. Well, last thing. and I, Even look, the soccer team's vibes ain't the same as it was year one. Oh, there's no question. They, they just, yes, absolutely. Uh, but like, I'll, I'm gonna do three hours of this later. Are they gonna, are they gonna blame Tepper? Are they blaming Tepper? Like, wait, what's the blame? So Tep, Tep came to see me yesterday. Okay. Um, you know, he likes to pop in at the doghouse when I'm doing a live broadcast from time to time. Um, and I he, would love to be there for this. Yeah. So I, yesterday again, same thing. He has his driver pull up to the doghouse. I'm, I've got my back turned. I'm doing stuff, and he comes and beats on the window, and I turn around. And there's Tep outside the window. Uh, we talked unannounced. For, oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, his driver listens to our station all day long, so he he listens to the show. Um, and so Tep comes to see me, and I, we pop open the window, and he's like, good night to win a football game, and uh, wanted me to tell Steve Smith, talk a little shit to him, and tell Smith he's better looking than Steve, and, um, you know. Probably not. Quick, well, I mean, you know, it's how guys joke. It's how dudes do it. Your ugliest uncle thinks he's the handsomest motherfucker at the, at the you know, family reunion. We all Boy, know that. You, you said the fucking truth then because my dad had a surprise birthday party this past weekend, and my uncle think he is killing it. <laughs> killing it. <laughs> they all do, right? Killing it. No, nobody has more unfounded confidence than men. You know, we just got it, right? Some kind of way. Yeah. My son, too. That's how a lot of guys um, get prominent positions in leadership. They're just confident as shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're not long. No, 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 no. But uh, what were we talking well, about? Uh, Tepper. Oh, yeah, no, but he came, yeah, he came by, and we, he seemed rather upbeat. But uh, you know, I'm just wondering if you're him. How patient are you right now, right? Because, again – Patient as in what? Well, I mean, you, again, you've presided over five straight seasons that didn't end in postseason football. A um, lot of things have happened over the course of those five seasons. Ron gone, Cam gone, um, you know, now, you know, the Rock Hill thing. All, all this stuff is happening right now. And there's not been any good stuff on the football field for the most part. So, you know, you, you spent a lot of money on this staff, and so far through two weeks they've kind of laid an offensive egg. Um, now, again, they, it's Frank Reich's team start slow. Uh, Bryce is a rookie. You pointed out last week that, you know, a lot of these mistakes will be made. As a safety, you knew exactly what Jesse Bates did to him, right? Yes. So, you know, those things, they do happen. But if I'm Tep, like, hey, man, I just I need to see you just get better. Like, you, do we need to – and I'm asking Scott Fitterer, too. Like, do we have the players that we need? 
All right. Do we have the play? Do we have the talent that we need? Are you confident that the guys you just brought in here can, you know, become playmakers? Can Jonathan Mingo start to get open enough to be an option? Because no, nobody's getting open. As yeah. you, you saw the same thing last night, right? Yeah, I, I'm still. I'm hey, just well, co- Hayden Hurst is getting open a little bit. I'm I'm always confused when, you know, and I guess that's their job, right? Is that, you know, when you work upstairs, you're always trying to acquire talent. You're always trying to get better. But I hate the excuse where our guys just aren't, they're not good enough. You know, we got to get more guys in. We got to – and I'm like, well, how about you coach better? How about you put guys in better position to be ready for their moment and we outwork and outprepare? And, like, every little ounce of, like, advantage, we got to have it. Right. And whatever it takes, staying late, doing more, grinding through, like, we got to find an advantage somewhere. And right now, I don't think Carolina knows their advantage versus opponents. And number two, they're not taking advantage of it. So those are the things. Like, not sometimes you don't have – you're not going to be better than teams you play. Right. So what's the advantage? And how can I find it and use it to, yeah. my, my, to, to my liking? That's what this Carolina team has to figure out. And so often it's tough when the leaders on your team haven't won. Brian Burns hasn't won. No. You know what I'm saying? No. So no. he can talk about it. He can, like – That dude limped off the field last night too, by the way, which is another shot for them if he's hurt. So it's like your, your best players haven't won. Right. So it's really hard for them to lead you to this, like, great place when they've never seen it or done it. Right. And so all of this wrapped up is just really tough to say, and it can't just be coaches. And now Shaq goes down, and Shaq might be done for the season. Yeah. And even though Shaq – with Shaq being the guy, you know, they haven't had a great deal of success. Like, he's that last link to, you know, that 2015, that, that core of guys who, yes. you know, won a lot of ball games. So Shaq, to your point, Shaq saw it. Like, he was there with yeah. you. You know, he was there as a part of it, even though he was young. And so – yeah, somebody's got to teach them how to do it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really tough. And I, for me, Kyle, that's where I continue to lean into is like, all right, they have to find whatever this advantage is and they got to make it. I don't know how. I don't know what it is yet. But they got to figure that part out. And, you know, luckily the seasons are a little bit longer. And the first two to three weeks you look at it as, oh, we're just figuring out preseason. But Carolina can't start out 0-4. No, that's a problem. They, they can't do it. Mm-mm. You start at 0-4 – that's when you get cats on team checking out. Yeah, it's not good. It's like, uh, you know, I'm already looking at my vacation spots in the late December. You know, like, <laughs> like that's, that's what happens. Yeah, okay. Now, speaking of checking out, let's change the subject real quick. Uh, did your boys in Tuscaloosa check out because of that quarterback swap? What do you mean checked out? So, I don't really mean that, but it was interesting because I saw Josh Pate over at CBS. You know Josh Pate, uh, 247. Yeah, I, late some, kick, sometimes, Josh, look, I, I like Josh Pate, but then sometimes I feel like he's just, he's just, he, go ahead. All right, no, I just, I saw him yesterday. He had a take that uh, he felt like Alabama in the locker room, there was something of an, I'm paraphrasing, but it something of a mutiny, I guess. There was half effort. Uh, because of the switch to Tyler Buckner when the locker room felt like it should have been Jalen Milrow. Um, and he felt like the, the, that Alabama, I think he said, I, I, I thought I'd never see it or something along those lines, that uh, you know, Alabama would give a half effort in defiance of Nick Saban because they felt like he made the wrong choice at quarterback. All right, so number one, every player on the team chooses somebody. They have their favorites. Yeah. All right. That's it's human just, nature, right? That's very natural. Um, number two, I watched – Alabama come out of the tunnel, and Jalen Milrow broke that team down, the, the skill players. So that kind of lets you know about that part of it. Nick Saban spoke in his presser yesterday. He said he, was, he liked Jalen's uh, leadership that he showed during the game and um, that he played better than the other guys. And so yeah. he's earned the right to be the quarterback. And so I, knowing what I know, I'm not going to say everything, Kyle. But I do know this. I do know Tyler Buckner did not play well. I do know Ty Simpson looked lost at times. <laughs> and I do know, Kyle, that Alabama's offensive line still is not that good. Yeah. And they told us they were great. And so all those things combined, 
Jalen Milrow had a couple bad plays versus Texas, and uh, probably more than a couple. And they look deficient at quarterback. And so the only way to pick that up is to play better defense, run the ball better, and set this offense up for him to be successful. The most disappointing thing that I saw from Alabama and Texas was that Alabama didn't adjust offensively. They continue to drop back routes 12, 13, 15 yards down the field. And the quarterback is under pressure the whole time. Run a quick screen. Do something to slow down these D linemen. They did nothing. None of that. Tyler Berkner, early in the game, they tried to do a little bit of some of that stuff with him. So I was at least proud that they tried to do some of that stuff. But in my mind, I'm like, where was that against Texas? And where was that when you had Jalen Milrow at quarterback? Because you didn't even attempt it then. And so Tommy Reese wants his boy. You said it, Kyle. I didn't disagree with it. So that is where I'm kind of at on it. It's interesting to see because, number one, when it comes to Alabama and Nick Saban, in Nick I trust. Okay. I've said that for 12 years now, and I will continue to say it. Nick don't make that many bad decisions. And, like, I'll say it. Nick don't make bad decisions. And the ones that he does is few and far in between. And I'm in few and far in between, I'm talking about championships. Yes. Okay. This is not like – so he told us Jalen Milrow was the guy. And so when you tell me that, I don't want to hear, like I have some of my, my colleagues and analysts say, well, you know, you can't cater an offense to one guy when you're trying to have a quarterback competition. Like, yeah, it's got to be fair to everybody. Right. And I'm like, yeah, but I, these other guys – they ain't it. <laughs> so cater it to him. They're not good. Cater it to him. Right. Make this offense available for him. And if you do that, you can be special because that kid at least has shown the ability to be like, mm, I like that. Right. I like that. He's explosive. Man. He's explosive. He's got stuff that pops out on tape when he does it. It, just, it was just funny to watch Nick Saban snap right back into that correction of not only is he the quarterback, he's the quarterback for the remainder of the season. Like, <laughs> he you know, said that? Well, I mean, just, you know, moving forward, right? Yeah. Like, he, he is the star. He will be the starter of this football team, you know. Well, he gives them a chance to do other things that the other ones cannot do. And so he has to protect the football. He's got to be better at reading and understanding that. But then I, I want them to – do a downhill run and boot off of that because he's going to keep two defenders on the backside himself because he's that fast. And I would give him the same direction what my high school coach gave me when I would run a boot play sometimes. He's like, look, Roman, you boot fake, you got tight end quick, then you're downfield, and then you look backside on number three. He's like, but if there's no end over there, don't even break stride. You right. just keep running. Don't even, don't even think about throwing it. Just go. Because that's also – Probably our best play is you running it too. Sure, like don't be afraid of that. So, uh, the the what's wrong with the SEC? Yeah, the, the, it's um. Well, I mean, you don't have to answer that in a big, long winded way, but like it's early in the season. It's just the narratives are fun. Let's be honest. Like, yeah, you know, the I, SEC's, I like it. The the SEC's the monster, but the Pac twelve has a boatload of top twenty five teams. The ACC's like five and two against Power Five conference opponents, which I think is best in the country. But I'll double check that. Kyle, I um, think it's like five SEC teams in the top twenty five, and I think three of them all have losses already. Oh like, yeah, like it's like some crazy stuff. I saw like Bud Elliott the other night was like the SEC might not get a team in the playoff, and I'm, I'm like, like okay, that. it's week Stop. two, but Stop. I get your point. Like he he was being a little facetious, but okay, he's I'm also like, not he's also not he's not wrong about it based on the way things lay out right now. Although Georgia still is unbeaten, um, despite that South Carolina scare, but I do want to make was this it point. really a scare? Not really. I was sitting there with Charles Johnson on Saturday, your old teammate. Yeah. We're watching it at uh, Camp North End. Uh-huh. And it was funny because I, I hadn't heard what him say. What Camp North then? We had the big uh, kickoff jam thing oh, nice. uh, for the Roaring Riot. So uh, TD was there, Frank Reich, Charles Johnson. That's awesome. Uh, had a, some of the old school guys, Stephen Davis, you nice. know, old Auburn big guy. Uh, accidentally called him a Bama guy. He looked at me like we were going to fight. Yeah, yeah, don't do uh, that. He didn't like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But great guy. He was there guy. when Auburn was good, too. Yeah, he was. Terry Bowden. So me and uh, Charles Johnson are kind of keeping an eye on the Georgia game and South Carolina game while we're doing the Q&A thing. Like, uh, we're on a – whatever. And so apparently he and TD walked in, had the exact same thought, and said it out loud. They're like, why are we favored by 27 today against South Carolina? Because they beat him by 55 last year. Right, right. Um but, you know, there for a minute, it looked like Shane Beamer might, like, completely wipe away the bad taste of that North Carolina loss from a couple of weeks ago. But they just couldn't 
They can't protect Spencer Rattler. They can't. They can't. Spencer was good early. I thought South Carolina came out with a really good game plan, getting the ball out quick. Uh, Georgia didn't defend a couple screen plays early, and then next you know, South Carolina scores. The biggest thing is Georgia has to find a way to start faster offensively. They haven't started fast all year long. They struggled. And the biggest difference in the game, honestly, was Georgia didn't adjust. They didn't bat an eye. They just continued to do what they did. They just did it better. Right. Continued to tighten up the screws on them. Yep. And they scored on offense. That was literally it. Like, it was nothing secret or special about it. They just scored, and next you know, they just kept tightening the screws on South Carolina. Just keep tightening the screws. No, we're good. We're good. Not that. We're no, not. They didn't, they didn't change one thing. Well, they're just so dominant physically. Well, it's so funny because so my, my – one of my producers for my show, Reading React, Monday nights, SEC Network. Y'all check it out, 7 a.m., 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, uh, myself and Cole Cubic who we don't need to talk about because my favorite partner in crime is Kyle, I gotta get him back on Kyle the show. Bailey. No, no, I appreciate that, but I like Cole. I got to get you him like back Cole? on the show. Yeah, I like Cole. I He's like a good Cole dude. Too. I got to get so, him back on the show. So, you What's know, up, Cole? Yeah, they, they were asking me, all right, well, what did Georgia's defense do so much better in the second half? I'm like, and I watched the game, I'm like, nothing. They didn't do anything differently. The offense just scored. Just made the game feel differently. Now South Carolina's like, oh, we can't just like sit on the lead and punt the ball, play field position. Like, Georgia's actually scoring the ball now. Right. So, we got to try and score. And when they try to score, they got to throw it. And when, every time you drop back, Spencer Rattler mm, might get hit. So, and I actually thought Spencer Rattler played better. It was one of his best efforts in a loss that I've seen him play in college. So, uh, pretty good overall. Um, they just got to continue to try and protect the quarterback, even though they lost another offensive lineman. It, was, it wasn't that good. Oh, and this is what we should talk about. Too. Well, that's what I want to talk about next because I, I was I was going to laugh at Tennessee losing in Florida, but we all thought that was going to happen. I thought – I called it. I, I said did too. Florida's going to win. That's my lock of the weekend. I was like, there's no way – Tennessee. First of all, Joe Milton doing the same things he did at Michigan. Big arm. It is impressive. But I I saw it week one against UVA. They're not as good as they were last year. No. He, he's not Hendon Hooker. No. Nope. He can't – I mean, he's just wildly inconsistent. That big arm is impressive. We've all, He can throw it a million yards, right? I can't do that. It's impressive. But he doesn't make big-time throws. Amen. And I don't think that's going to change at all this year. It's the reason why Uncle Rico didn't get that scholarship, bro. Now, let's talk about Deion Sanders real quick. Two weeks in a row. Hold run. on, hold on. So you're just going to fly over my joke I just put in there? Would you? I'm sorry. Yeah, I, exactly. I jumped it. What would you yeah. say? I said that's why Uncle Rico didn't get his scholarship. Because oh! he's just got the big arm. Yeah, like, that's it. He's got to be active. A lot of Uncle Ricos out there. Yeah, it was a lot of, a lot of I'm sorry about that. That was a good joke. Yeah, not, I'm not referring to Joe Milton as Uncle Rico, but. So you, you want to, because we, we've got, uh, what is this, Undisputed on with Skip and uh, Keyshawn and Richard on right now, Richard Sherman. It's a very different show than it used to be. But they're arguing, they're talking about, De do you want to talk about Dion or do you want to talk about that hit? By, we by can the talk about both. Well, okay. So I was just, yeah, of course we can. But what, what you B -O -A -F. looked at. B-O-A-F. You were like, well, we got to talk about this. So. No, no, no. We can talk about B-O-A-F-E-M. B-O-A-F. What is that an acronym e -M. for? E-M. It's not is, an acronym. What, both them? Both them. Both them. Both them. What is happening? Okay. All right. <laughs> We're on the same page again. There it is. Both of, them. Both of them. There it is. <laughs> All right. That's two in a row. Yeah. There we go. All right. <laughs> That's two in a row. So, Dion, I mean, somebody said to me the other day, it was your boy. Did you, did you hear Chip Patterson on Friday? No, I love, you know, I love Chip. I thought about you when he said this on the show. I love me some Chip. Because All he does is drop dimes. He does drop dimes, right? He drops dimes. So, he tells me, he's like, part of the reason he loves Dion is because Dion's personality is such a throwback to old school college football coaches who weren't afraid to say the things that they wanted to say. I agree. At all times. He's not he's not worried about kids leaving and transferring. He's like, go ahead. Right. Right. And so Because everybody else wants to be here because we're doing it the right way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so he was like, I, I forget the I forget the way he put it, but it was brilliant. But he basically said that coaches are are so PR cultivated now and, you know, they're more afraid of the gaff than they are of just having a little bit of personality. And He's so right about that. I mean, think about who Dion played for at Florida State. Um, you know, think about, you know, they're different in the obvious ways. We're all different. But, like, what's the – there's not much difference in Deion Sanders and Steve Spurrier, if we're being honest with, with each other. Just in the absolute swagger, don't give a fuck what you think about what I'm going to say because I'm going to say it because I believe it and or it makes me happy. Like, that's that's the attitude. I mean, they, they say they call like it like Deion they say it. I like that shoots back, too. He oh, yeah. Back. They, yeah. He's not just gonna stand up there, let be attacked, and like it's just great. Not call him out. 
not talk about it. And I also like that he has cameras everywhere, so you know what he's saying. And all, people all are time. attacking the shit out of him and so from all angles right now. And I just think it's funny it, because I saw – did you see the clip where it seemed like he didn't know his own center's name? Right? Yeah. Like what some reporter was asking him about his center. Uh-huh. And I think he called him by his last name. It was like Kalinskis, Kalinsky, something along those lines. Very Eastern European sounding name. And I think Dion was like, huh, who are you talking about? And they're like, see, he doesn't even know his own players' names. Like, you know, this is a, he's a fraud. This is all a farce. And it's like, he's probably why, got some why, nickname why do you, for the guy. Why do you go to your, your best white guy verse? Because that's voice, my special. Like, <laughs> that's my wheelhouse. That and Hillbilly are my wheelhouse. And it's just like, oh, well, that is. I mean, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> he doesn't even know his own players' it, names. It, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was like, yeah, but that's probably because he's like Cam Newton and has a different nickname for everybody on the team. It's true. They, he, you know, he does have a, like, right. if you, he has a lot. He probably calls him Hank or something. Who knows what he calls this guy, right? Yeah, he's better than me. At least I, dude, I don't even. But it's like, is that the like, is that the best you can come up with? Because the kids playing hard for him, they're winning games right now. I don't think he's that mad about it. Um, you know, I, you don't know. It's he just, just got him all the, the blenders, sunglasses too. The great personalities in this game, they were lovable, but they also took a lot of unnecessary hate. And you know, you could say that he brings some of it on himself, and that's true. Like he he even said it about Jay Norvell, the Colorado State coach. You know, he was like, I I thought what he said was brilliant, and I thought it was beautiful. He said, I'm rooting for that guy. He said, I, I, I think I'm happy for him. I'm happy for his success. And, you know, he talked about him just being another black head coach, but how he was happy for him and wanted him to do well. He said, but he started chirping at me. And, you know, my mama raised me to, to clap back. And no he doubt. Said, he said, so I'm going to say what I want to say. Yeah. But I, I'm rooting for him. Right? Yeah. And I'm just like, see, how do you not appreciate that? <laughs> how do you not appreciate that, man? Like, he is a competitor of the highest caliber yes. and a shit talker. That's like top five all time. Oh, and he's way, always been that guy. Right. And by the way, he's not just the old guy who limps because of his chronic turf toe now. He no. also is arguably the greatest DB of all time. Yes. Who wore a New York Yankees and Atlanta Braves uniform when he wasn't playing football. Yes. There's nothing that man has not achieved athletically. He is in the, the argument. Like when you talk about truly try to whittle it down to who is the greatest athlete of all time. He's mine. He's in the he's top five in the conversation. You might not think he's one, but if you don't think he's in that conversation, you're insane. Him and his cousin Junebug and Bo Jackson. Uh, yeah, yeah, well. You know, can't Bo forget Bo Jackson about didn't have the longevity, though. I know. Did that's you, why I take the – You saw I, that video. Yeah, uh, that, that to me, that's what makes that guy so authentic and so amazing. I just – I think we talked about that. No, I, I, I appreciate – I think it's going to be really um, – I'm really looking forward, uh, uh, forward to what, what's going on. Um what's going to be going on with Colorado going forward. Yeah. They got a, a really tough game in Oregon up in Eugene this weekend. Um, it's going to be really tough. Um, and then next week they got USC coming to Boulder. I, I think they're going to be on primetime again. And you everybody, saw the noon start though, right? Which one? They're kicking at noon out west, Colorado is, against USC Oregon. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, that's, it, it's not that it hasn't been done before. But, but these games normally get. But they want them on the big. Man. Yeah, they want them on the big noon though. Yeah, they want them on the big noon. They want them on the it's big. It's crazy noon because Colorado, they went years without being on primetime, and they've been in primetime television every week of the season so far, and it's been amazing to see um, the change, the culture change. And look, man, I'm just really proud uh, to watch Dion prove so many people, not even so much about proving so many people wrong, but continue to prove himself right. And I think that has been his self-belief. His biggest power is his own mindset and, uh, and the belief to be able to outwill everybody else that's always doubted him and said he wasn't this or he couldn't do that. And that's been him since day one. It's been amazing to see because, you know, I had him on my wall as a baseball player for the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, we talked about and that. And then, you know, even uh, my co-partner, my co-worker, uh, Ryan McGee, did a big special with ESPN talking about primetime. Like, and just understanding, like, a lot of these people, like his daughter, just freshman in, in college, she's like, why is everybody so caught up in this cold Colorado thing, Dad? Like, she was like, because she doesn't get it. She doesn't get it. She, she couldn't she, get she, it. Yeah, it's like, she doesn't get it. Right. She's like, what you guys do not understand is that this guy, Deion Sanders, was literally the first. Yep. Like, people showed up to watch football games to watch a cornerback. Yes. Right? And that sometimes would go back there and return punts. And he would talk trash. And like showboat, and he showed up. He would say stuff, and he back it up. 
And then next thing you know, he's driving a fancy car. He's got all these chains. He's got great style. He's, he's got, got music sun- videos. He's got music videos. He's got sunglasses. And a like, jerry curl. And a jerry curl. And you're like, who is this guy? And, he, and he'll tell you. He'll, he'll tell, tell the you. whole world who he is. Yeah, I'm prime time. Yeah. I'm prime. This is who he's been since forever. And a lot of people don't know that. Like, I didn't know Deion Sanders or Prime in Florida State. Like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that Deion Sanders. Right. I knew him from Atlanta Falcons. That's where it was born. Yeah. Well, that's where it was born. Yeah. And, and Ryan McGee covered him when he was there. And he was like, no, this guy, this is what he did. And being able to go out and tell that story to try and share it, he was like, when I told him how much I appreciated it, he was like, he's like, Roman, like, I did that story for people like our age group and then for people like my daughter's age group because they have literally no clue. No. And, and, uh, and they're like, you got to think about it. You know, when ESPN and the NFL coverage was at its height, when it was Chris Berman uh, and Randy Jackson yep. uh, doing the show. NF- yeah. I mean, the show was named NFL Prime Time. Like, and that's what they would do every time he get an interception. So it was just really cool, well, kind of looking. Randy back. Jackson, it was Tom Jackson. Tom Jackson. I knew that yeah. didn't sound. Randy, Randy Jack- Jackson's from uh, American, Idol. American Idol. Yeah, I knew it was. I knew that's it's why. No, for me, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was like. <laughs> that didn't sound right. But you, you seconded it so easy. I was like, well, no, it came out real smooth. And I was yeah, like, oh, like, yeah, that's definitely. Uh, right. Yeah, I'm like, shit. I guess it. Oh, yeah, 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 that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. So you went with your white guy voice that time. Yeah, I did. I did. Your white guy voice. I thought it was more political voice, but yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But must be nice to be able to do a white guy voice. I'd hey. get canceled if I did it. The other way around. <laughs> Kyle, I'm sorry, I couldn't help not myself. Not everything is equal in I'm life, sorry, Kyle. I, could, I couldn't help myself on that. I don't know if you'd get canceled. You wouldn't get canceled with me, but I mean, I would love to see you do it. I think what I'd, is I'd, your black, like you have a black guy voice? I like to think I've been, not one, not a distinctive one. But yeah, yeah, I'd like you to like, think that I've been invited to enough cookouts that I'd get the benefit of the doubt. No, so. I think you would, Kyle, for sure. But it's just funny. But I think you go to your white guy voice because, like you said, that's your wheelhouse. It's You're my like, wheelhouse. Nah, nah. I'm like, dude, like, this is yeah. where I'm comfortable. No, like I know Hillbilly real well. Those are, my, you know, those are the two that I go to because they just come natural to me, right? Yeah, it's like, that's like your go to. <laughs> just like when I hear you talk to somebody from Prattville, I'm like, oh, that's different. Okay. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah. It's how it goes. Is, yeah, it is way different. Yeah, but, it is. That's how it goes. Um, let's talk about the hit. Well, yeah, real quick, because I want to talk about a few more things, too. Um, that, I'll give you, I'll tell you this. So, week one, I'm watching my Virginia Tech Hokies, uh, who are now sub 500 again. It's awesome. Um, I thought the quarterback was supposed to be the game. Top maybe. two wide receivers went down. Um, offense just kind of stalled out the last two weeks. So, hadn't been a whole lot of fun. But the quarterback's in there now. Drone's kid. He's, he's, he's athletic. He's got some potential. But he's got no targets right now. Um, anyway, week one, I think there were five stoppages for targeting in that ballgame. Five in the game. It was either three or four ejections of those five. Um, I didn't think any of them warranted an ejection. Personally, now I rarely think they warrant ejections. Anyway, did, did you see the the LSU Mississippi State one? I didn't, but real quick, in that opening week game, at least three, maybe four ejections. I forget which. Um, that Colorado State thing w- was worse than any of them. It was, it was worse than any of them. Like that was. It's not that it's the worst hit that I've ever seen. It was just that it was obviously a late hit to send a message. Right. That's all. And I know the that intent, happens on the football field. Right. The intent. Yes. That's all. Like, we the all see it for what it is. Like, I'm not there. over here pl- pl- clutching my pearls over it, but, like, <laughs> we all saw that for what it was. The intent. Right? Yes. So, you agree? Uh, so, I agree. You're a safety. You're not yeah, going like, to throw that guy under the bus. I'm not. I was like, I actually appreciated seeing it because Got it. at some point, if you, people woofing, then I'm going to have to at least cross the line and let you know, like, oh, I see you. Yeah. So, you need to see me. And so... I understood the play when it happened. He I was gave like Travis Hunter a lacerated spleen. I've lacerated a spleen before. Have you? Yes, I have. It How much sucks. did it suck? Uh I mean, no, I lacerated somebody else's spleen. Oh, oh, I thought you said you lacerated yours. I'm sorry. No, I lacerated a spleen. You've been the lacerator. I have been the lacerator, yes. I was like, when I said lacerated a spleen, I didn't mean my own. No. Lacerated you were the lacerator. Yeah, yeah, I was a lacerator. To a lacerator. Yeah, yeah, yes. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. And so. Um, That's the name of this show, The Lacerator. That's the name of this episode, <laughs> The Lacerator. I'm glad that Monday happened. Night Football and The Lacerator. That's now the title of this episode. So, so when I saw it, Kyle, I was watching the game, of course, just like probably everybody else was. Um, I was like, dude, like that was a late hit, but like. 
it was message sent. Like that was message sent. And the kid just walked away, da da da. And it sucks because Travis Hunter is such a special player. Oh, but, so much fun to watch. But you know, it, it happens. And the, these are the things that's going to happen the more and more Colorado wins because people don't like Colorado winning as much as they we think they do. Other teams, this team is brand new. And other teams are better than them, more ranked, have been able to accomplish more the, over the years. This team comes out of nowhere and is getting more love, more pub, more national, this, that, and other than anybody else that's around right now. And these other players see that and don't like that. So if I get my chance to take a shot, I'm going to take a shot. And I think you're going to see a little bit more of this. And it's unfortunate Travis Hunter got hurt, but I seen the play. And it wasn't like blatantly late, late either. It was like, uh, but the intention was sought. Oh, like, yeah. That's the thing about it. It wasn't a late as much as like, oh, it's a terrible. I'm like, nah. Uh -huh. But the intention was there. And so that's the one thing that I do hate because they say you can't bring in intentions when you're looking at targeting or some of the other things, Kyle. But that was definitely um, intention-led, and you saw it. I Yeah, that's the obvious thing for me right there. That's the obvious thing for me. Um, so, well, again – Worse collisions, bigger hits, but it was it was intentional. It was the, the one that really upset me though of all these penalties because I I think because of NIL and everything else, um, the NCAA has really kind of missed the opportunity to help change their game because what they want to do was the targeting rule was to change the the behavior. I think the behavior of players have changed. Um, the intent is no longer there, and so now. These plays happen because it's imperfect game played by imperfect people at a high rate of speed. Oh, yeah. The quarterback's running, tries to cut back on a safety, and kind of jumps. The safety tries to catch him and, like, catches him, tackles him, but his head is down a little bit and hits him dead in the chest, and they call him for targeting. I'm like, this dude's in the wide open the middle of the field and just catches a guy, and it's targeting. I'm like, I promise you. He was just trying to make a tackle here, yeah. and that's what kind of happened. So um, it's just wildly um, crazy when you see these things and you still have these arguments. And, and not only that, but guys are getting thrown out. And, and I just want everybody to know that's Kyle's phone, not mine. It's no, no, normally, it's mine. It's, I, I, it's normally my phone. I'm getting a work off. call right now, and I don't really know why, so they'll have to wait for a couple of minutes. But, um, no, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that. By the way, I, uh, I did bury the lead early in the show. Uh, I was going to bring this up, but we got carried away on other stuff. Um, Having a baby girl. I found that out about two hours ago. How about that, bro? How about that? I love it. Baby girl. Found out two hours ago. Two and one. Yeah. My, it's good. I, I, I'm, my boy's outnumbered now, and I feel for him. Right? He's, he's going to be at home with three women. He's going to be fine. You think he's going to be all right? He's going to be fine. See, I don't, I don't know now. He's going to be we, taken care of. We were going to do three kids, and now I'm like, do I need to go four? Should I go four? Right, I'm already thinking about four right now. Right, I'm, I'm Nick Saban. Can't even enjoy the national championship. Already worried about because I'm recruit. already recruiting for that. I'm already I, recruiting. I, I got a recruit call the next. I'm, that's me right now. That's me right now, man. Like I, I'm thinking, all right, like do I just keep? Roman's got four, right? I mean, I, even numbers are good. Even numbers are good. What if it's a boy? You get two and two. How I deal with that be? Or what if it's another girl? And I'm like, oh man. I'm just living in a house of estrogen all yeah. the time. Like and these then, are decisions that are already. And then you end up mind. like my boy Mark Ingram and said, "You know what? I'll just go back again." And you end up with four and one. For real? Yes. Four and one. Yeah. Ooh, four girls, one boy. Mm -hmm. Oh man. Oh man. I bet him and his son probably take some bros trips. Uh, him and little Mark. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, get, you got to. And my man Mark's doing great on uh, Big Noon Show. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I, I love my my oldest daughter is the coolest little human. She's the funniest little human being Sky. alive. It, yeah, Sky is just I, – I never had sisters, so being a father to a little girl has been the most fun thing ever. Two little girls sounds terrifying, but also awesome at the same time. So I'm pretty I have two little that. girls. It's great. They both love Dad. Um, they're, they're completely different. Yeah. Um, I'm having to battle through one right now with this whole junior high because I just feel like – she ain't putting in the work in some other areas that I think she needs to be putting the work in, and it's kind of driving me, but uh -oh. I can't be that dad that's uh -oh. like. You're not going to crack the whip? I'm not cracking the whip. My wife said, it's junior high Roman right now. Sometimes it's not going to be all about the sports and all the other things. It's more about finding your place and, you know, friendships and other things in junior high. It's a little different. Yeah. Especially with young ladies and emotions and things like that. And I was like, I flared my nostrils. You did. And I sat back down and said nothing. So that's what I do. Oh, 
That's a pretty zen approach, though, bro. Yeah. It, like, I don't think I'm there yet mentally. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Like, I'm a couple miles from there right now. <laughs> I don't think there's a whole, not a whole lot of zen going on. with, but Like, that's a place to strive to be. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Kyle, man, it's, it's, it's learning how to let go. It's learning how to <laughs> say, you know what, even as dad, I don't know. And I just need to just let it go. Okay. Let God handle it. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. No, it's I, all good. No, we're good. We're good. I mean, Brooke Bailey is due in January. Is that what we're going with? Brooke. You already got the name. Already got the name. How did that happen? You just found out. Oh, we had him in the I had him in the holster, man. We've had him for a minute. I'm good at naming kids, bro. I'm really good at naming kids. Do you have kids. a theme? Like, where do you go with that? How do you come up with Brooke? Uh I don't know. I mean, are you I, gonna are you gonna um are you gonna have her middle name start with a B as well? So then she can be part no. of the big baller brand. The big brand. baller brand. I thought big, about that. The double, the triple Bs. See, the big is, baller brand. Funny, my, my wife vetoed me naming my son Bo a long time ago. She's like, I don't like the alliteration. So I had, to, I had to settle for naming the dog Bo. And so then I got my son Colt. And now I get to finally go back to the, I think BB is just a strong damn name, man. Like you get a double Bs. Now triple B. Might be a little much. That's the big baller brand. It's a big baller brand. Only one man gets to, to claim that. So <laughs> that I'm going to show some respect to LeVar and not encroach on his territory. But uh, no, I, I, she's coming and, uh, you know, it's going to be. It's gonna be something. It's yeah, be, you don't know. Well, you no, know, but plus, like my and wife, you guys go, you go from man to man, you go to zone. Yeah, exactly. And my wife's, you know, five months pregnant, so I'm trying to find a way to get her out of the house. We haven't had any dates in like three years. Like that's you know about this, right? Mm. Yeah, it's just it's impossible, dude. Like I don't know about you. Everybody says like they need we need breaks from the kids, but like we've just how do I put this without sounding like the obnoxious parent who's trying to sound like I love my kids more than anybody else. I don't like leaving my kids when they're this little. Does that make sense? They're, yours are very little. Mine are very little. So maybe I just, we haven't reached that point yet and we keep making them. So we're like yeah. prolonging the process. Here. You just but keep putting yourself back in jail. We haven't had a date in like three years. Not a it's like you're date. in jail and you keep getting caught with the cell phone. Right, right. So, so you're going to go in the hole. We just hang out with the kids all the time and nobody's unhappy about it. But I was like, we need to, you know, get back out. So we're going to Chappelle. In October, like I nice. got, we're we're gonna go see Chappelle when he's because he added Charlotte to his to his tour list. So we, uh, you know, I called in a favor, so to speak. Uh, got some Chappelle tickets for October, so we're gonna do the date night thing because, you know, it's a lot of kids in my life right now. It's, it's good a thing. lot. Are you going to Chappelle? Weren't you with? Did you see Chappelle out in, in Napa a couple months ago? Is that yes. what that was? Uh huh. What was that show again? You talked about it on, on a recent uh, episode. The Blue Note. The it's Blue Note. Blue Note uh, Music Festival. Who was there again? Uh, Nas, uh, Mary J. Blige. Um. Uh, oh my gosh, what's his name? From Chicago, Chance the Rapper. Oh, and uh, a few others. It was nice. It was a great, great vibe. And you know, it's California, so the yeah. vibe is right. Okay. Uh, the wine was popping, and uh, it was good. I yeah. had a good crew too. Oh, we, that's right. You did have a good crew too. Yeah, we had a good crew. Yeah, it was fun. You had a good crew. That's had, I, I've never. I've wanted to see Chappelle my entire life. Yeah, um, but he like really. He didn't like. He only joked on like some of his guys that were there performing. Right. He wasn't, wasn't a full blown performance. No, no, no. But he's like lifting weights now. He's kind of yoked he's up. He's yoked, dude. He's yeah, been yeah, that yeah. way for he, a minute now. Yeah, he's like only wearing wife beater the whole time. Is that what? Yeah. Yeah, I only mean, wearing a wife beater. You know, if you put in the work. You yeah, know. I'm not mad. I Maybe need to work show out. It off. I need to work out too. So. Yeah, me too. Me too. All right, I got to run. Um, this was fun, bro. As always. Hopefully, uh, well, we'll make it next Tuesday as well. We won't say hopefully. We'll just well, make yeah, it no, I mean, this was, this was pretty. This was more football dominant. I mean, we talk a lot of football, but like this was, we're coming off Monday night football. Yeah, Monday night football that was just here and I was there. Shout out to my, my son, Romy Rome, uh, Lil Roman, for behaving last night and having a good time at the game. Uh, it was really cool to kind of be there, let him go into the locker room, uh, hug a lot of people's necks that I hadn't seen uh, from the Saints organization. Uh, really appreciate it. So it was really cool. Yeah. It did was. You, did you so you did you see the Monday Night Anthem last night, the new one with like Snoop and Chris Stapleton and uh, No, but I love Chris Stapleton. I do too. But they changed up the Monday Night Football anthem. Yeah, you, you know they changed the College Game Day anthem too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it used to be like Big and Rich. I think I forget who it is exactly now. Uh, I have to look it up. But like everybody's complaining because all these flagship football shows are changing their anthems after like a decade plus. I mean. They just want to. Does anybody they, like change of any, likes of any change. kind? I don't think anybody likes change of any kind. Nobody does. Uh, oh, yo, real quick. I, I did need to ask you. It's a terrible subject, but Nick Chubb last night, bro. I mean, oh, how yeah, yeah, awful yeah. was that? It, uh, it looked nasty. I saw the replay. It was really bad. It was um, so bad, man. And like my man, Chef Rocco, already called me this morning. He was just depressed. He's like, you know, 
some cities and teams just can't have nice things. And is that what he's telling we, you this morning? Yeah, just like that, the despondent yeah, sports yeah, yeah. fan just day like, after? Yeah. yeah, it's just like, I'm like, man, like, you still got a lot of season left. Like, Deshaun Watson looked okay at times. And then, like, just one too many dropbacks. And they'll fumble game over. You're like, damn. Like, I didn't even see that coming. I didn't see it ending that way. Yeah. And um, they're pretty upset with Deshaun Watson in Cleveland today. Yeah. They're just sad. Already just, you know, what they're a wasted sad. investment. We threw away $230 yeah. million. Dollars. They're just sad. What a disaster for this franchise. You know. They're just really sad right now. Buying the 2-0. and Okay, hold on. Last thing. So we just look up, and Keyshawn, Richard Sherman, and Skip are asking the question, are we buying the 2-0 Saints as a title threat? Now, well, you, Keyshawn, it's because Keyshawn said he's picking the Saints. To win the division? To go to the Super Bowl. What? Yeah, he said that. Do you believe that? Uh, I could see it because if they get home field, uh, home field advantage throughout because the schedule's not crazy. Okay. And they got – this is a division that can be had. Even though everybody said and shitted on the NFC South, but, like, ain't nobody lost but the Panthers. Yeah. Everybody else undefeated. Just wanted to just throw that out there. I don't think any other division has that same issue. No. It's a, do a horrible start for the Panthers. Not so, only 0-2, but 0-2 in the division. Yeah, which is like 0-4. Yeah, in a sense, yeah. It's 0-4. Yeah. Because the division games count too. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, so, they're, they're more important. Yeah, you're 0-4. So they got to shake it. Yeah, I mean, t- today, like my going into the season, I was like, yeah, division stinks. I'll go 9-8. and eight. Why not us? But, you know, they're not going to be great. And if they were in any other division, I would have said they're the last place team in this division. Mm, they're still there. Yeah. Because Tampa's way better than we thought. You sure? I think so. Okay. I mean, I, I listen, I'm going to put some respect on Baker Mayfield's name today. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, in my thing, you, you just don't win. You just don't go win two games and like, ah. I know. You just, uh, I know. I get it. NFL's hard. You're yeah, right. I, like, well, I don't you get, get it, it, but I, yeah, yeah, I, I understand. The NFL is hard. Yeah. Like, there is no win. Did where you it's just see like, ah. the, the, his th- – we just restarted this whole podcast. Did you see the, his third down numbers? He is 20 of 23 for 201 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, no sacks, and a 132 passer rating. Baker Mayfield on third down yeah, in the some NFL. Yeah, respect on that name. I mean, Cleveland, they kicked that man's ass on the way out the door and insulted his mama when he left. Like, they just – they were through with Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. Yeah. Then he gets down here and you – know, you guys were through with him too. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I do – And the Rams were through with him after that. Th- yeah. Yeah. And it's just all of a sudden he's cooking. Yeah. How does that happen? Uh, you just get in the right moment, the right system, the right time. Is this is Todd Bowles' system the right system? I don't know, dude. <laughs> I do not you know even know. Like, I don't expect you to explain it. but it's No, like, I, I expect Tampa to falter at some if point. If I but. said the sentence to you before the season, I think Todd Bowles' offense is the where, is where Baker Mayfield's going to get right. You would have looked at me like I was insane. And it, I might agree with you. would be like, yeah, because it's defense. They're not going to throw the ball. Right. And I know Todd, we all know Todd Bowles is a defensive guy. Yeah. He's a head coach. I yeah, mean. but – um, but Atlanta being undefeated, nobody saw that either. Everybody talked about Atlanta being bad. They said Tampa Bay was going to be awful. And, like, both these teams are – they won both games. So, give them credit. Um, the NFC South shaping up to be a lot better than we all anticipated. Yep. And uh, it's only going to get better. So, I know you got to get out of here. We got to run. We'll talk to you next week because uh, we do it weekly now. We'll talk to you then. For Roman Harper, I'm Kyle Bailey. 84. I can't wait. That's another – that's a good number, Kyle. You, I, we all know who we're going to pick. Can we get Randy Moss on next week? Is he 84? I mean, did I, am, I, am I having an on-air stroke here? What, what? I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? You, what number did you think he was? 88? Yeah. No, he's 84. You had me second-guessing myself. All right, let's get the He hell lives out. in Charlotte. Let's, we could ask. Let's, I mean, let's never, get the hell I'll out of here. I'll go ask Randy Moss if he wants to come on.